0: Welcome to China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. China's formidable reputation as a major global power and a rival to the United States sometimes obscures the fact that it remains a developing country in which many people live in poverty. Over the past 40 years, China has received large sums of money from other countries to help its poorest people. However, China is now an upper-middle-income country, according to the World Bank. And in response to its changing economic status, some countries have decided that they no longer need to give aid to China. Japan stopped doing so in March of 2022. The British government, which was also for a long period a significant donor to China, is also adopting a new approach. The former Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab, who is now the Deputy Prime Minister, announced that the UK's ODA for China would be reduced by 95% to less than a million pounds. The UK's aid relationship with China is scrutinised by the Independent Commission for Aid Impact, or the ICAI, a watchdog which, as its name suggests, is completely independent of the British government. Well, to talk about this topic, I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast today Commissioner Sihu Bailey, who oversaw the organisation's report on China. Hugh, welcome to China in Context. Now, when we think about Britain's political relationships with other countries, we tend to talk about the Foreign Office and the Foreign Secretary. Actually, both of these British terms might be worth explaining a little bit before we move on to China. The Foreign Secretary is the politician with the overall responsibility for the work of the department, with a particular focus on national security and intelligence previously the foreign secretary's role was held by liz truss and boris johnson before they became prime ministers but you know this government department has a long name it's known as the foreign commonwealth and development office can you talk us through the reasons behind that long name and its implications uh,
1: yes of course so there was a big shake up in september 2020 when the Foreign Office and the another government department, the Department for International Development merged. Uh, Before the merger, the Department for International Development or DFID um, operated as a standalone ministry uh, responsible for the management of British overseas aid. DFID had a budget of about uh, 11 billion pounds. In contrast, the Foreign Office's budget ahead of a merger was around £2.5 billion. And the government took the view that there would be better coordination between the UK's aid policy and its uh, foreign policy objectives if the two departments were brought together. Uh, So that um, diplomacy, trade, security and aid would all pull in exactly the same direction. Some people had accused uh, DFID, the development department of pursuing its own independent foreign policy. And the officials in that department were insistent that aid should be used primarily for relieving poverty in the poorest countries in the world. But the two departments have been brought together.
0: All right, so I can see that's
1: a very significant development.
0: Before we move on, I'd also like to clarify the meaning of another term, bilateral ODA. Now, that's a bit of jargon, but it's relevant to our discussion about China. So before we discuss China, uh, could you explain bilateral ODA, please?
1: Well, the ODA, to begin with, uh, yes, it's a bit of jargon. It stands for Official Development Assistance, but uh, most people by that understand uh, it means foreign aid bilateral aid is the proportion of UK aid, which is explicitly channeled by uh, the UK government to another individual country. That may be to the government of that country, or to private sector partners, or to uh, non-governmental organizations. And the money is directly managed by the UK. And that contrasts to, you know, with our multilateral aid, uh, which is channeled to a larger institution, a multilateral institution, like the World Bank, for instance, and pooled with contributions from other donor governments, and then managed collectively on behalf of all the donors by the multilateral institution.
0: Oh, I see. Well, thank you for explaining that. So uh, when we're talking about Official development aid, that's the bilateral official development aid. How much aid does the UK give to China?
1: It's gone up and down over the years. In 2009, it was around 50 million pounds. That uh, fell quite sharply to 15 million pounds two years later. Uh, In 2009, the Department for International Development, which at the time managed uh, most of UK aid, announced that it was ending aid to China. It didn't entirely do so, but it um, uh, fell by two thirds. Uh, By 2019, the spend had uh, reached a record high of 68 million pounds. Uh, And uh, the following year, 2020, which is the latest year for which we've um, got figures from the government, it fell very slightly to £64 million.
0: Now, Dominic Raab, who was the Foreign Secretary from 2019 to 2021, and actually recently became Britain's Deputy Prime Minister, uh, working alongside Rishi Sunak, uh, he said that one third of Britain's bilateral official development aid, ODA, will be spent in the Indo-Pacific and South Asia. Now, that's a very extensive region, of course, because it's a long way from Pakistan to northern Japan. But anyway, in terms of that region, how much money are we talking about? Can you give us a bit more information about where that money's spent?
1: Yes, well, it's spent in Pakistan, of course, but uh, not in Japan as a developed uh, country. Um, the biggest recipient, uh, Uh, in 2020 was Afghanistan, uh, before the Taliban takeover, of course, but it received 226 uh, million pounds. Bangladesh received 203 million pounds, Pakistan 200 million, uh, and they were all those uh, countries, three countries, uh, among the top 10 recipients of uh, British aid. Uh, Myanmar received 103 million, Again, before the um, uh, uh, change of government uh, in Myanmar, uh, it's now uh, 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 receives much, much less. India, 95 million, Nepal, 84 million. They're in the top 20 countries. Um, so uh, the share uh, of Asia overall in UK's allocated bilateral aid has remained fairly stable in recent years at around 40%. In the report on this
0: issue, which is published on the website of your organization, the Independent Commission for Aid, you make the point that despite its dramatic growth, China is still classed as a developing country and it therefore remains eligible for aid under international rules, although that is expected to change within a few years. The other point that comes across is that the primary purpose of Britain's uh, official development aid to China is poverty reduction. So can you say where the British money did in fact reduce poverty in China?
1: Perhaps I should start by saying that our China report was um, a descriptive rather than an evaluative piece of work. So we didn't look uh, in depth at the results we we reported on spending uh, patterns. But based on the limited review we made of the poverty focus, we concluded that there was a long and uncertain results chain, which didn't clearly link many of the activities with poverty reduction, although we said that some of that may become clearer over a longer timescale. We also identified that there was a much stronger emphasis on securing positive economic and other strategic impacts for the UK From ODA programs in China. For example, the Prosperity Fund, a a uh, cross-government aid fund, um, claimed to have secured 912 million pounds in exports um, uh, uh, from the UK to China. Uh, That's a much higher benefit, you know, proportional benefit to Britain than you'd expect uh, uh, from ODA spending. Um, in much poorer countries for example in Africa.
0: Now there's a phrase in your report which has a nice ring to it, development diplomacy. What does that mean?
1: Well we defined in our report development diplomacy as the use of aid funds to support diplomatic engagement on public policy and global uh, development issues. This uh, chimes closely with the government's decision to bring together the development ministry and the foreign office. We identified in our information note the use of aid programs to make a contribution towards China's approach, for example, on response, uh, responding to global climate change uh, uh, and on engaging with China to discuss the development impact of its infrastructure investments in developing countries across Africa, particularly. Uh, we commented that this development diplomacy approach relies on a long and uncertain results chain. And it's clear that you know the UK government faces huge challenges in developing through aid a, a bilateral partnership or bilateral relationship with the Chinese government. We did get comments from British officials that unless you were prepared to put money on the table, it was difficult to get any meaningful dialogue with the government of China. And this is why they were arguing to retain some aid spending, either in China or in partnership with China. Most of the aid, I have to say UK aid, which is badged as uh, aid for China, is in fact spent on UK institutions, universities, uh, for instance, involved in um, partnerships with um, Chinese universities uh, on the basis that the UK government will fund half of the partnership and matching funding will be provided by the Chinese government to the university, the collaborating university in their country.
0: Lastly, I want to ask a question which relates to your professional experience. You were a member of the British Parliament for a long time before you joined the Independent Commission for Aid. Do you think these kind of questions about how and where Britain spends its ODA money receive enough attention from MPs? It's a good
1: question. And at the heart of the question is how much attention is enough. There is an all-party parliamentary group which brings together... Um, backbench members in the House of Lords and the House of Commons from all parties who have a particular interest in China. It's it's a large and quite active group. I've just uh, looked at their report recently. Uh, They held 15 roundtables and briefings for MPs on a variety of topics in the last year. There were 14 significant debates in the two houses last year. Uh, Of course, many, many individual um, parliamentary questions were asked about China as well. So there's been a very considerable focus on aid more generally by the parliament with uh, uh, questions being asked about aid to China. MPs have quite rightly wanted to know the justification for it, given China's high level of development, its uh, enormous $430 billion trade surplus. It's foreign exchange reserves. Clearly, it doesn't need the money in a cash flow sense. Their foreign exchange reserves are roughly equivalent to the UK's national income for a year. And uh, also because aid cuts are being um, implemented, uh, very sharp aid cuts in the UK. So questions have been asked about whether the cuts should uh, uh, affect China. And I suspect they will. But uh, the government... um, normally publishes its uh, overseas development spending statistics in September, uh, which would have told us what the latest year, the 2021 spend turned out to be, but uh, they're delayed this year. So we're waiting for firm figures.
0: Well, thank you, Hugh, for those very informative responses. That was Sir Hugh Bailey from the Independent Commission for Aid Impact. This podcast is produced by the SOAS China Institute And you can find out more about our courses and research at soas.ac.uk. But for now, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team.